your Bibles up to John chapter 4. We're going to read verses 19 through 24 to begin. As many of you are aware, Brian has been, Pastor Brian has been sharing on worship these past couple weeks. So I'm just going to continue on with that this morning. And just to give you a little background on this portion of scripture, this is a Samaritan woman who has an encounter with her Messiah, Jesus Christ. And he shared last week how Jesus in this conversation with this woman has turned it from something natural into something spiritual. He basically had just finished reading her mail, right? You maybe have heard that phrase before. And he totally turned the conversation to the issues of her heart. And we're going to continue to read this portion of scripture um, Here, starting with verse 19. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither worship on, on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, in spirit and in truth. And Brian spoke about the truth part. And he said that the greatest hindrance to worship is when we confine it to a time, to a place, to a day, to these four walls. It's so much more than that church. And we got to break out of that way of thinking and understanding that we can worship anywhere, at any time, at any place. We can just break out in a praise, right? When we think about the Lord. And Pastor, Pastor shared how truth always sets free. It liberates us. It sets that worshiper on the inside of us free when we encounter truth. The truth is that I once was lost, right? But now I'm found. The truth is I was headed straight to hell, but Jesus came and he took my place. Amen? Now I'm free to love, free to worship, free to serve. And today we're talking about we are free to worship. That barrier between us and a holy God has been wrenched in two forever. An epic moment, I say, in the Gospels is found in the book of Matthew as Jesus had been crucified and he had just cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Something very epic happened in that moment as he took his last breath. The Bible tells us that the curtain in the sanctuary in the temple was wrenched in two from top to bottom. The moment that he was crucified, Jesus, God, I should say, Jesus was crucified. God took that curtain and he ripped it into that curtain was 30 feet high, scholars say, and and about four inches in thickness. And he took it and he ripped it. And it was to me, 
like a drop the mic moment for God, right? See, as Jesus was crucified and, and that curtain was torn in two, what was behind that curtain was the Ark of the Covenant. And once a year, a priest was allowed to enter through that curtain into the presence of God. Once a year, only the priest was allowed to enter the presence of God. But now Jesus, having been crucified, made a way, amen, made a way for each of us to enter his presence. That Ark of the Covenant symbolized the presence of God. It carried within it the the rod of Aaron, the Ten Commandments, the pot of manna. And God, that, that, that represented when God took the people of Israel out of Egypt and into the promised land and his presence guided them. And he's now saying, I want to guide you now. I want to guide all people into my presence. I have made a way, a drop the mic moment for God, a moment of triumph through Jesus for each and every one of us. No longer do we have to be on the outside. We have direct access to the presence of God anytime, anywhere, at any moment. You do not have to wait till you walk into this building. You don't have to wait uh, to take discovery classes. You step right into the presence of God and you find mercy and grace and kindness and love waiting for you. The Apostle Paul explained how we can draw near. I'd like to read that portion of scripture. It's found in Hebrews Chapter 10, I'm going to read verses 19 through 22. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. You hear that? Through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us, church, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. That is the truth. We have direct access to God through the blood of Jesus. We don't have to go to a temple made with human hands. Even Brian spoke of last week, the 10 lepers and how only one came back to worship Jesus and he bypassed the temple. Like I said a few minutes ago, he didn't have to go through a class. He didn't have to go through AA. He didn't have to get it all right and then come worship. The moment he found out that he was clean of leprosy, he came and bowed down before the king of kings, right? And he gave honor to whom honor is due. And he worshiped the Lord. Hallelujah. We respond to that great sacrifice that we didn't earn, that we don't deserve. I mean, there's nothing that we can do to earn or deserve what Christ did, but he did it. So how do I worship? In spirit and in truth. It is because I know the truth that I worship in spirit. You catch that? It's because I know the truth. I know what Christ did. 
that I can now worship in spirit. We worship in our new identity in Christ. When we come to Jesus and we accept him, we are given a new identity. His spirit comes to live on the inside of us. And we have to tap into that when we come to worship. Not as beggars, but as as sons, as daughters of the most high God. Listen to what Romans 8, 12 through 17 says. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful natural urges, nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. That means Daddy God. We come to him with hands lifted up and we say, Daddy God, here I am. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down, yeah? For his spirit, verse 16, I love this. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. We affirm that truth when we enter in to worship. You know, the Bible tells us to put on the whole armor of God. And part of that armor is the breastplate of righteousness. See, when we come before him, we don't come in our own righteousness because our own righteousness will never be good enough, but we come in his righteousness. You see, when we worship, we enter into his righteousness. The Bible says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. See, there was a time in my life that I remember sitting in a red pew at Trinity Church International. They don't have those red pews, thank God, anymore, but they were bright red. And I remember just sitting there during a time of worship and just feeling like I couldn't enter in. I looked around and I remember seeing everybody else, hands lifted high, entering into the presence of God. And there I sat, arms crossed, just, just weighted down with my failures and, and what I'd done wrong and just, just the enemy just beating on me, telling me, who do you think you are? You can't do that. Because in my heart, like the woman at the well, I had a desire to worship. I wanted to enter in, but I thought because of what I had done, I, I, I just, I couldn't enter in. I felt like a hypocrite. I was like, I'd be a hypocrite if I, if I lifted my hands I didn't understand the power of the cross, the power of the grace that had been extended to me when I accepted Christ. And and I was bound by the enemy's lies then, even though I had accepted Christ. In that moment, I was truly bound. See, I grew up in a Spanish Pentecostal church at that, and I was not a stranger to worship, loud worship dance, you know, all of it, shouts. I accepted Christ at a young age and, and, and I knew what worship was. 
And I can remember, I thought about this, the fact that I had this tambourine and church, I would get down on that tambourine. It was a round tambourine, had little cymbals, had a canvas on it. And when those worship songs started going, man, me and my girlfriends, I mean, we would just beat on that thing and the music was hype. And it was just, I thought I was so cool as a young girl with my friends and I would love to worship. I remember just, I had an encounter with God and and I would just dance in the front and sometimes I'd be by myself, I wonder now what my mom thought because, I mean, I just love, I fell in love with Jesus, you know, but as I grew up and I became a teenager, the reality of, of my condition, if you will, just screamed at me, you know, you're not perfect, you do wrong, but God began to reveal to me his grace, right? his mercy, and he didn't leave me on that red pew, thank God, but he began to reveal to me that worship was not about me. Worship is all about him. It's all about what he has done, huh? It's all about who he has made me, an overcomer, more than a conqueror. I can do all things. I don't hide from him in worship. I come to him as I am, and I worship. When we worship, we agree with heaven, huh? We agree with what God says, who he says that we are. A new creation, not perfect by any means, any means, but a new creation in Christ. Our very nature has changed. I may fall, right? I may sin, but I get back up. I don't stay down there. I don't let it keep me down. I bring it to him and he accepts me with open arms at any moment, at any time, any day, right? When he knocks on the door of my heart, I respond. When he says, "Uh, you should not have said that, Um, that's unforgiveness. You need to lay that at the cross. When he comes and he begins to check me, Huh? I bring it to him. I say, yes, God, you know, and even if I'm dealing with it and I'm processing maybe what, what, what I'm, I'm walking through, I do it before him in his presence. I don't let it hinder my worship because I know that in worship, I'm entering his presence, which is a safe place because I enter not in my righteousness, but in his righteousness, who he has made me to be, who he has called me, because he says, come higher, come closer. I know what you're dealing with. I know what you got. I know that sin. We can't hide it from him anyways. So why not willingly come before him openly, knowing he sees you as you are and he accepts you, huh? He accepts us, our life. My life is a worship. When I choose to lift my hands, to sing, to clap, to shout, to stand, I'm taking my place as a son or as a daughter of God. Amen. Being convinced, being convinced that he loves me. He accepts me. He is for me. He has redeemed me and called me his very own. Hallelujah. Many think they got to get all cleaned up before they come to God and worship, but that is not the case. Just like that leopard, he saw mm, his condition, right? Sin, (laughs) that leprosy represented that. Sin, our condition. But you know what? When he realized he was clean, he came straight to Jesus. He bowed down and he worshiped him. Come as you are. 
catch a glimpse, a glimpse of him and see how everything in this world, all that hinders, even the the besetting sin that you seem to keep going back to, God says, no, your chains have been unlocked. Now walk in that freedom, shake them off, lift your hands and worship. And as you begin to acknowledge who you are, church, you begin to walk it out. You begin to say, wait a minute, that's right, I don't have to do that anymore. It has no power on me. I know who I am. I know whose I am. Huh? I got this. Jesus has this. He is for me. He's going to help me walk this out. I can be who God says I am. I can worship. Huh? When we worship, it's like our heart begins to connect with what we know to be true about God and what he says. We agree with heaven and we are transformed in those moments of intimate worship with God. We can't be the same. We've encountered his presence, right? And we can do that at any time, at any place. I love Ezekiel 36, verse 26. It says, and I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. Catch that, tender, responsive heart. When we have this revelation, we can't help but respond, right? I mean, I wonder sometimes at my home, because I'll just be listening to a message, and I'll just start shouting, and, 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 you know, loudly, and I'm wondering if the neighbors can hear me, but you know what? I don't care. I don't care anymore. I don't care who sees me. I don't care what anybody thinks. I've been set free, and I'm going to worship, and I'm going to praise. Like, it doesn't matter, because it doesn't, you know? Your neighbor sitting next to you, he didn't give his life for you or she. He did, and he's worthy. Why hold back? Why hold back our praise? Why hold back our worship when he gave it all so we could enter in? Amen? Amen. Darlene Sheck, a very popular Hillsong's worship leader, loves to say it like this. She says, it is the created catching a glimpse of the creator and responding. Yeah, and responding. We respond to his love, to his grace. We respond to the love of our Savior. Amen? Amen. In closing, I'd be amiss if I didn't state the obvious, and that's that not all of us are there yet. There's still this disconnect between us and God and in worship. But I can boldly tell you today that it is just a simple revelation of the truth, what Jesus did for you that will set you free to enter his presence and to allow it to begin to change and transform, clean you, set you free. I mean, he's already done it, but you agree with that when you enter into worship. It doesn't mean that we are perfect because none of us are, but it does mean that we are being perfected. We are being made into his likeness and we agree with heaven when we choose to worship him. We don't accept our sin, our failures, our shortcomings. We don't accept it. We don't ignore it, but we come to him with it. We come to him with the issues of our life and we know that he is a safe place. He is our daddy God. You know, one of the greatest acts of worship 
I found in Genesis 22, many of you are familiar with the story of Abraham about to sacrifice his son. And I can say I still struggle wrapping my head around this story, but the trust that this man had in his God is astounding, that he was willing as an act of obedience to go forth with what God told him to do, not really understanding, right? Sometimes God asks of us things that we don't really understand why. It could be a a relationship maybe, or who knows what it is that God is asking of you today, but sometimes we don't really understand it, but there is a purpose behind it. I mean, some things are obvious because they're in the word, but in a heart of worship in um, Genesis, Abraham says, for, hold on, let me get the story right here. Uh, the verse right, verse 22, it says, God says to Abraham, lay down the knife. Don't hurt the lad in any way. The angel said, I know that God is first in your life. You have not withheld even your beloved son from me. In a heart of worship, a heart of devotion, Abraham was willing to sacrifice that which was most dear to him. He didn't ask God for an an explanation. He didn't give God a a bunch of excuses as to why he could not. He just said in response, I will not hold back anything. And in worship, that is what we choose. I will not hold back anything. Here I am, God, all my failures, all my shortcomings. Here I am to worship. Satan has not changed his methods. His methods, just as he tried with Jesus to seduce him, to worship him, he still tries to seduce the heart of man with selfish ambition and worldly pleasures to get our attention away from God. And this world in and of itself can be a heavy weight. But when we worship church, those things begin to fade away. Amen. Romans 12, one through two says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. And listen to this. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God, church, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing and perfect. You know, even King David said, I will not offer to God something that cost me nothing. And church, it will cost you to serve God, to seek after him. It will cost you something. You've maybe heard the phrase, religion is hanging around the cross, but Christianity is getting on it getting on it, crucifying your flesh and uh, your worldly desires, getting on the cross. That's true Christianity, church. And it's not easy. This world calls out to us left and right. It's in our face. You know what? But the power of this cross gives us the ability to say no to those things and to seek after God and to worship him. 
we must lay down those things that try to hinder our worship. We must identify with his kingdom, amen, and declare together, my life is an offering. In private, declare, my life is an offering. I am not my own. I have been bought with the price. I belong to Jesus. And in worship, we lay it at his feet. Church, it is part of our DNA. There is something on the inside of each of us that desires to enter his presence and worship him, giving God due worth. Amen. Not my will, but yours be done. The created, catching a glimpse of the creator and then responding.